you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hi, this is Dan Miller. Welcome into this edition of 48 Days Online Radio, as we say. It's a great week here in Franklin, Tennessee. Hope you're having a wonderful week as we are now into the first week of spring. What a great time to be taking a fresh look at what's new coming up in your life. You know, spring reminds us of the seasons, the way that things rebirth, even after a period of being kind of dormant. And we see that in our own lives a lot. We should. Hey, our theme for today is the glory of God is man fully alive. Now, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be fully alive? Maybe there's some things in your life that have been laying dormant that need to be brought to life. We're going to be talking about that and more. Hey, today's show brought to us by Casper. You've heard me talk about our friends at Casper. You can get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting caspersleep.com slash 48 days and use the promo code 48 days. You know, let me just go ahead and tell you a little bit more about that. This is kind of a, a bittersweet time here at the Miller household. My son and his wife and precious little baby who've been with us for several months now in their transition time are leaving. By the time you hear this, they will be in their new home in Costa Rica, San Jose, Costa Rica. So we're excited about the new adventure, this next chapter. But one of the things that was kind of bittersweet for them as well was leaving the Casper mattress. Now, Ilea, my daughter-in-law, is pregnant and she has loved the time here being on the Casper mattress. I mean, we're checking out details to see what it will take to get one shipped to Costa Rica. It's that special to her. We really are checking that out. But, you know, it's just one of those amazing pieces of furniture, and it's more than that. Mattress made right here in America. I mean, it's they just have an amazing way of doing what they've done to create the combination of latex foam. I don't know what they do. Anyway, the Casper mattress can't beat it. You can try it free for 100 days. You get free shipping. Delivery comes right to your door. Our buddy Kent Julian just got one delivered to his door. They're raving about sleeping on the Casper mattress. And go to caspersleep.com slash 48 days. Hey, check it out for yourself. Now, I told you we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be fully alive? I mean, what do you think prevents most people from doing work? that they care about most? How do we move from wishing and dreaming to doing? Does everybody have one thing, one special thing that they're really put here on earth to do? And then if it's a creative thing, how do we move from just having it be something that we do as a hobby to something that we really do to provide income? Now, those are the kind of questions that I get week after week after week here. They come in and those are common themes. We could go on and on and on with how do we move from creative skills to really doing, having something of substance that provides income for our family. What does it mean to be fully alive? Well, today we got a special guest with us and we're going to talk just about these issues. We're also going to tell you about an event that we've got coming up. But before I do that, I want to introduce my friend Ken Davis, author of the book, Fully Alive, and my co-host for an upcoming event that we want to tell you about. Ken, welcome in. Hey, I am so glad to be with you on this unbelievable spring day. <laughs> it is indeed. Boy, yep. we're, we're privileged here in Franklin, Tennessee. Of course, you live just down the road from me. 
It is just a wonderful. But isn't it a great time to kind of remind ourselves of how things work in nature? And often we see that in ourselves. We may go into kind of a slump and feel like, gee, something's kind of ended. We don't can't see clearly what's coming up ahead, and yet we know spring is coming. That's right. I'm I'm looking at some flowers that are just blooming outside my window, and the ice that wouldn't allow us to get anywhere. Would we ever get anywhere again? Is gone, and so I'm I'm just thrilled. I, this this has a great effect on the human spirit. It does. Now, Ken, I want to do a little bit more of an introduction of you. I mean, you've you've been sharing your core message with people for a long, long time. You do that primarily with comedy presentations, but you're also an author, speaker. You have an event where you teach people how to craft their own presentations that's seen as kind of the Cadillac in that arena, an event called SCORE. But uh, give us just a thumbnail sketch of kind of your own work history. Well, I, um, I have been for over 40 years doing presentations around the country using humor uh, to plow the ground in human souls that allows me to put um, the kind of content into those presentations that um, really encourages people and makes tomorrow a better day than the day before. And uh, for some of them, it's absolutely a life changer. And that... that that, of course, is what really drives me. Somewhere, somewhere back there a ways, I, I sort of, um, what would you say, the cheer of the crowd lost its punch, and the, the effect of, uh, of what we were doing on people's life uh, really stepped right to the front and uh, moved into first place. Uh, we also teach uh, people how to speak well, how to craft messages that drive home life-changing truth in our in our score conference and then of course you and i are working together to uh, make this presentation on launch which helps people who love to speak or who have some creative ability to move that to a front place in their life Uh, so many people uh, just desire to find a way to make a living doing what they love to do and uh, so those are those basically are what I have devoted uh, my life to and what I will do until, um, you know, mom comes home someday and says, uh, well, he's gone to a better place yet. So <laughs> that's the, that's what I'm doing. Sitting on the back porch looking at the stars and you just closed, your, right. closed your eyes and went on. <laughs> hey, I hear you. Well, right. again, we, Joanna and I, along with all, thousands and thousands of other people around the world, love your humor. You know, there's there's this kind of, myth i think that as we get older we have to become more serious and that that fun and laughter is for little kids i mean what a travesty to lose that you know it's like it's like we we think that little kids are passionate but then as we get older we get wisdom and that wisdom stands alone well as you know wisdom without passion is pretty stinking boring yes that's right being an adult without humor and laughter in our lives is the same kind of thing so you've I'm sorry. You know, you've had the privilege of, for many years, of, of helping adults laugh at themselves with themselves. Right, right. Someone defined humor as a gentle way to acknowledge human frailty, uh, which mm. I think is an unbelievable... It sounds negative, but it's really not, because as you know, once you've identified what needs fixing, then you have the wonderful opportunity of fixing it and moving on. And, and humor allows you to do that in a way that uh, might not otherwise be possible. I, I love it. 
Absolutely. Well, we've got this event coming up in Orlando, Florida, April 13th to the 16th, called Launch Conference. And if you're listening, if you just go to launchconference.tv, not, not .com, .tv, you'll see it there. And then if you use 48 days as the code, you'll immediately get a $100 discount on that. So we'd love to see you there. But Ken and I are going to be telling you not only about some of the things we're going to do there. This is not just a teaser for the event. We're going to talk about some of the things that get people stuck and how you can move beyond that. Now, Ken, you wrote a wonderful book titled Fully Alive. Now, you heard me say in the beginning, you know, we're using as our theme today, the quotation from the old second century disciple, St. Arrhenius, the glory of God is man fully alive. What does it mean to be fully alive? Well, you know, I've given a lot of thought to that, uh, of course, in researching for the book and also since the book has been written. And I think that you and I, um, we're not uh, high school graduates, we're not even college graduates, we're, we're uh, living life in uh, one of the most wonderful um, times of life that I think can be lived. And, and we give a lot of thought to that, but I think that living fully alive basically is finding a way every day to maximize um, what God has given you physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. It doesn't mean that you are necessarily trying to be better than other people that are out there, but that, that you're doing, um, you're just maximizing what you can do. You're looking for opportunity to live to the fullest, to the maximum for which you were created. And uh, I, I, I try to find that in, um, in life every single day. You know, I, you know that I, am, um, I compete in triathlons. Um, not not the kind that kill people, not those Iron Man thing. Mine is more like a styrofoam person triathlon. doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, when I first started doing that, my desire was to beat everybody else. Well, uh, next year I'll be 70. I'm not going to beat everybody else. And also next year, I might not beat what I did last year. I, not, I might not get a better time. But I'm finding great excitement, Dan, in not necessarily beating a record, but being, being everything I can be. So to run as fast as I can run, to swim as fast as I can swim, to ride that bicycle until the wheels explode, that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. And I think that that's what living fully alive is about. Mentally, uh, uh, you know, continuing to read, continuing to learn. I don't, know, I don't know if there's ever a time we should stop learning. And um, socially, uh, one of the greatest things that's happened to me, and I'm not saying this just because I'm on your program, is meeting you and your beautiful wife, jo Joanne. The inspiration that you've been to me, the inspiration that your program has been to me, the inspiration that you bring to our, our conference. Um, with so many older people stop living because they just kind of retreat. They begin to isolate themselves. They find that thing called the easy chair, and they pull that lever and tip back. And, well, that only leads to one position, and that's laying straight down, and then they have to lower you, and we don't want that. I, wanna, I, I, I would love to cross a finish line and then have someone say, well, he fell. Uh, and, <laughs> no, that's the way I want to go. <laughs> uh, you know, when you talk about being fully alive, you talk about, you know, experiencing the joy, just sucking the marrow out of life, as Thoreau right. talked about. You know, that's what we want to do. But in some ways, it may think, people may 
have an image come to mind of just sitting on the beach, you know, popping grapes in their mouth. Oh. Now, you know, that's not really what you're talking about when you talk about no, no, being no, no, fully no, no, alive. No, no, no. Uh, someone asked me the other day, uh, when are you going to retire? And I said, I don't believe in retirement. I believe in retreadment. Um, I am going to change some things in my life in the next couple of years, but it has nothing to do with uh, getting out of a golf cart every single day. It has to do with finding new ways and even better ways to maximize my life in this moment and to maybe do some things that I haven't had a chance to do in the past. How beautiful to to switch from making a living to really living. That's that, that just makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Wow, me too. Now that's that touches into a topic that our listeners here at 48 Days are really focused on a lot is they think, well, yeah, gee, I want to do things with the kids. We want a vacation two weeks a year. All, but then I've got my work. That's just my work. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think prevents most people from doing work that makes them fully alive? I mean, is that really realistic to have work where you're fully alive, or is that just kind of a second compartment of our lives? No, no, I, I do think it's realistic. And, and Dan, uh, if you disagree with me, I know that you will you will make this into a marvelous, wonderful conversation. But there's two aspects to this. Sometimes people have hidden the hidden or squelched the possibility to do a different kind of work. And what I mean by that is some people have gone through life extremely gifted in some way and felt that they could never do that as their work, that they could never make money at that. They could never make that their living. And as we talk about in launch, that doesn't necessarily have to be true. But then there's another aspect to this, too, and that is that people look at their work as, um, what would you say, uh, uh, a necessary evil Mm -hmm. instead of a wonderful opportunity. Um, I think what prevents most people is they don't dream big enough. Uh, they don't take time to do what they care about most. I don't, I don't care what kind of work you have, whether it's raising a, a single mom, raising a bunch of kids, or whatever it is. In order to survive, in order to be the best mom, the best dad, in order to be the best person at your work, wherever that might be, uh, you have to be able to dream and find time to to do what you love to do, even if it's just a little time each day. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a watercolor artist. I've only painted probably uh, 20 pictures in my entire life, uh, but I did find time to do that. I work at them a little bit at a time and move them forward, and I do some things that are never framed, but I love to do that. Uh, I am also a person who God gave an intensely competitive spirit and nothing to back it up. But I love (laughs) competing, and so I find time to train and do these little marathons. Um, I think another thing that prevents people from doing the work they love, Dan, is they don't believe in it enough. Um, Well, this is my little thing. You know, I've had so many people say, well, it's just a little something I do. No, this is a beautiful expression of you as a person. It is a beautiful expression of your creativity. So you need to find time to do it. And then never stop exploring the possibility of moving that to a place where you, what a beautiful thing when what you love to do and care about becomes what you do to live. 
And uh, I, I, I love that. I, I love that I have been given the opportunity to do what I love to do the most for over 40 years, and that is to make uh, people laugh until they need medical attention <laughs> and give them content that will heal them anyway. Well, you're talking my language, as you know, you know the, the thrill of being able to do what you love and have that be your method of generating income, providing for your family, blessing right. others with the overflow. I mean, we, we, we certainly believe in that around here. Uh, Ken, Winston Churchill once said, to each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy, tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. Do you think that real, every person has a chance to do a very special thing? Oh, I do. I, I, I really do. And, and I think that that opportunity comes in different sizes and packages and, and literally comes past us every single day. Um, my, I would be, I would be lying, and um, well, I don't know if lying is a, yeah, I'd be lying, and certainly I would, I would not be honest if I didn't say that I feel that ultimately my special thing, literally, is to follow Saint Irenaeus's um, idea and and glorify God every every single day by finding a way to live fully alive. That doesn't always mean, and very seldom means, what can I get for me. Uh, it, it more often means keeping my eyes open as to what I can, what I can give. Whether whether I am a painter or a creative uh, speaker or, or whether I, I I work somewhere, to be able to to be able to look at that as an opportunity to give to people. Uh, I think those opportunities come almost every single day, Dan. Some of my greatest moments and some of the most embarrassing moments for my family are moments when a, a, a kind of a scowling little waitress or waiter comes to our table and tries to take our order and get out of there so they don't have to spend time with us. And, and you take that moment to use humor or whatever it might be to just let them know that you're interested in them. You take the time to find out their name. You take the time maybe to leave a little draw I, i've left little drawings for people on a, on a napkin and just given it to them um a, a, as a, a sign of gratitude along with a healthy tip by the way they don't there appreciate a drawing on a napkin <laughs> in place of a tip uh, well, i found that out well you've but, um i i just i really really believe that we have that special thing that we can do not just as a living not just as a, um, you know, something that we continually do every day, but look in every day for something different that day. And here's what happens, Dan. Some people move towards something they think they want in life, and then that tap on the shoulder comes and says, you know what you experienced today? That's it. That's it. And their lives are turned around. You know, no, I'm going to throw you a hot potato here because you've talked there about how, you know, we give to the world and share. And yet you're out there, you know, sharing humor and other yeah. other things that bring levity to people's lives. And yet that's been your source of income. You know, a lot of people are not really comfortable making money with their most creative talents. They think, well, yeah, that's something, you know, God has gifted me with. I really enjoy it. 
you know, certainly that's just for kind of sideline entertainment and enjoyment. What do you say to people who are sitting right on top of creative skills and yet struggling with this idea of making that their source of income? Uh, I would say to them that you can't do whatever your creative talent is without money. Uh, and and not only that, but as you as you develop that talent, excuse me, as you develop that talent, we we actually live in a society in a culture that values it because it has value. Uh, a person should never be ashamed of of uh, charging for services, charging for their creative ability. They should never be ashamed of that. In the middle of all of that, that also frees you then to do what we just talked about in the previous question you asked. It gives us the ability to reach out to people and, and give, whether it's a product of our creativity, to give them something that we've created, or whether it is to share with them from the bounty that we get doing what we love to do. Um, um, I think it was the Apostle Paul that said a worker is worthy of their hire. And back then that meant actual physical work, um, uh, some kind of, uh, you know, something physical that they did. But the same thing is true of someone who works to develop and and give to the world their talent. Uh, that That is, that false sense of humility and is something that needs to be dismissed. In, in being creative and charging for what we do and, and making a living doing what we do, we allow ourselves to be more creative. We allow ourselves to give more than the, we ever did if we just shuffled around uh, looking at the floor going, well, I can't really, you know, I don't really think I should charge for what I do. Um, most of the time that is, and I don't mean to be cruel with this, but that's an excuse for not really believing in what we do, number one. And it's also an excuse because we're afraid, it, what if somebody says, well, I don't want to, I, you know, I, I don't think it's worth that. It is worth that. It is worth that, and it's, it's worth having you be freed up to be able to do what you were created to do. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this in terms of worth. This is a very short story, but uh, I had a man once give me a huge grant so that I could go places for free that couldn't, quote, afford me, unquote, the people that couldn't afford me. And uh, the first person that called to uh, say, they, we used to handle all of our own calls, and they said, well, we can't afford that, which usually means we haven't given any thought to this. Um, it, it's, it, and we've learned to help them think through that. But anyway, he said, we can't afford that. So I said, well, I'll come for free. That person never showed up at the airport. Oh, my. They canceled the program, Dan, because there was, there, there was no value to it in them that would make them pay attention. The second time I went, uh, I was there for three days. They asked me to come for three days, told me they couldn't afford it. I was there for three days, and, Dan, I spoke to 12 people in three days. Twelve. Because they hadn't put any value on it. So I called my friend, thanked him profusely, sent back the rest of the money, called some other friends and asked, what is the highest you think I can charge? I called three of my friends to this market that I was working with at the time. They gave me, each of them gave me a different number. I divided that number by three and charged that from then on. And it was about double what I was charging at the time. 
I have never been left at the airport. I speak mm-hmm. to tens of thousands of people uh, I, um, because people put a value on it. And I think when you begin to charge, you begin to actually honor God by saying, I value this too, God, and I want to free myself up to be able to do it. Wow, that's really, really significant. That addresses so many issues that I hear week after week after week. You know, I heard you say once at launch that great talent with no system produces unimpressive results. You've kind of talked about that here. If we don't equate a value to what we do, then it's seen as having very little value. That's right. A, that's, that's right. That's a tricky kind of thing. You know, especially for people of faith who think, well, this is a God-given skill. I just got to share this with the world. But if you don't put a value on it, Mm -hmm. people assume it doesn't have value. That's right. And and again, it is the the tightrope of this is the minute the there is a there is a there is a fine line that you cross where. Suddenly, it is the money that's more important than the, the the living fully alive aspect, the creativity, the ability to express. And when that happens, uh, I, I think sometimes I have felt the reins, um, uh, the bit in my mouth being tugged on a bit to say, "Hey, wait a minute," uh, because the the interesting aspect of this is as you continue to give people what they need. As you continue to share and give of your talents, and when I say give of your talents, I don't mean without free. I'm just talking that's the focus. The focus is I have something to give. It has value. I charge for it, and I'm going to give it. And I'm going to manage my career in such a way that I can make the kind of living that will allow me to give it wherever God asks me to go and will also allow me sometimes by my choice to, and this is the way we do it. Um, we rarely go any place for free, but there have been many occasions where he, we have watched organizations that are nonprofit organizations listen to our counsel, find a way to raise the money to have us come to be with them, sometimes to help them raise money, and then at the end have the marvelous privilege of handing them their check in a hundred pieces as you leave, <laughs> just just drop it into their hand. That, that that is a much better way to do it than than the than the shuffle and dance and uh, okay we'll come and not having them pay attention. Oh, hey, I want to park here for just a second and talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing at launch because a lot of what we're going to be doing there is to help people go through the process you just described. People who have a unique talent, and that may be in art, comedy, writing, music, speaking, coaching, sculpting. I mean all those creative things and a lot of people are sitting on they know they have the talent and we're going to help them go through four components number one discover your assets number two design your product number three develop your market and of course that's a biggie Mm -hmm. number four determine your value we're going to walk right through that process and there are so many people that I have the privilege of talking to who are so gifted, they're so talented, it just is exploding out of them, but they've never moved beyond just understanding what their talent is. 
they've not moved into designing something specific. You know, you, you go out here, you don't just entertain waiters and waitresses. When you get a meal, you get crowds of thousands of people to tens of thousands of people together, entertain them are paid extremely well for doing that. That's designing a product, developing your market. Now, the, you right. know, one of the things that I know people would find really interesting here is the fact that most of your delivery of your product is done in front of Christian audiences. And a lot right. of people think, well, if I'm going to deliver anything in the Christian audience, it has to be free. You know that's not true. You can be paid extremely well if you attach a real value to what it is that you have to deliver. So we're going to right. have people walk through that and determine their value. What's this right. going to look like as a deliverable? That's right. That's right. And, and again, I encourage people, and you know this, we encourage people that, that um, here's what happens, I think, to most people, uh, Dan. They have a dream. They, they can see a glimmer of hope. They, they can see the diamonds sparkling in the rough, but they never take that first step. And, and of course, the first step is to, is to develop something that touches the need of the people who are out there. Uh, you can, you know, how do you know what the market wants? Well, you listen. You, you, you listen. We listen to people going, I, I don't know how to develop a talk, and we develop score. I got hundreds and hundreds of letters that said, how do you start? How did you get started? And there was no way I could answer those letters or emails. There's no way to answer it. But those letters w- were the market screaming, we want to know how we can make our dreams come true. And that's how we began, we began launch. It was originally called the summit. And um, we got people calling and saying, well, uh, once we do that, is there, is there ways to attach to that? Uh, um, how, how can we increase that income so that we can even have a bigger influence on people around the world? And, Dan, we ran into you, and you talked about how you could uh, – uh, oh, forgive me. The word is slipping me uh, right now. They um, that passive income. That, that yeah, residual income. How you? Yeah, create? residual oh, income. Yes. You don't. It's kind of mailbox. You know, it's the the work required is in producing ancillary residual products that are available for the people that are there to your regular market. So you hear the market and you respond to the market. But once again, it only turns from dream to reality when you take the first step. When you produce a product, get it out there, do it. In the very beginning, you may even do it for free and then redesign it. And then eventually somebody will call and say, can you come? The minute your telephone rings, that's the tap on the shoulder saying, this has the possibility of being a income producing, um, career that you can that that you can do when the telephone rings that's the market saying uh hello um would you like to have your dreams fulfilled (laughs) uh ken one of the business principles that has served me really well i don't know when i established it but somehow along the way i decided that if three people ask me the same question i develop a product to address it amazing i love that wait a good minute i'm gonna write that down and say i developed that hang on there you go i I once heard a man say and the next time i said well you've did you've done that with a launch people just ask you how did you do that right 
Now, we, the, the, the events that we do here are coaching with excellence, same thing. People say, how have you gotten the kind of success that you have as a coach? Well, right. enough people ask me. We developed a wonderful event that we do three times a year for that. We also had an event called Innovate. As you know, right. you came to that. It was right. out, outrageous, the energy here, uh, the groups that we attracted. Well, because of my busy, busy schedule and growing opportunities, we aren't doing that event anymore. But guess what? It's been morphed into launch with, That's right. with you, That's right. which I'm excited about because it's so much the same kind of principles and teaching people how to take their creative skills, put legs on them, understand their market, connect with that market, determine the value, and knock it out of the park. Well, I'm, I'm so excited about, again, launch is coming up April 13th to the 16th in Orlando, Florida. It's going to be beautiful there, a beautiful resort hotel where we're doing it this year. And you can go to launchconference.tv and see all the details that we're talking about there. I'd love to see you join us there. You know, I've developed so many deep friendships from people that I've met at launch the last couple of years, people who are connected with us in other ways. A lot of times we end up doing things together. I mean, this is not just from the stage teaching. This is an experience together right. where we all learn from each other. Now, you know, we want to help people discover what makes them unique and how they can leverage that to rise above the crowd. You're in a really unique industry where, you know, people would think that's just so rare to be able to just use comedy. Mm-hmm. What are a couple things about your comedy presentation that have allowed you to stay booked year after year? And, and also, I want you to address the, the fact that, you know, you can flip on HBO and you can see comedy and you don't want your kids anywhere in the room or in the universe because of how comedy is being viewed. Comedy almost is seen as you, you have to be vulgar and obscene to be funny. You don't do that. How have you carved out such a successful niche in that arena that's viewed in that way? Well, the, the uh, answer is partly addressed in what you said at the end. It is a, a rare thing to have comedy that you can bring grandma and your seven-year-old, and they all sit on the edge of their seats during the entire program, and don't go home embarrassed or ashamed about what they've heard. That is, that's carving out a unique bit. I used to work in those nightclubs, and I was um, ridiculed for the fact that I didn't use all those words. But the, many of the people that I worked with are still working in those places and not able to make a living. It's still a hobby for them because they caved, they caved into that. And I chose to go a different route. The second reason I think that I stayed, uh, that I was able to make a career out of this is that I, um, I mixed comedy with a powerful message, and a message that's often inspirational, that often has spiritual aspects woven into it. I used to say, and please understand me, my, some of my best friends are preachers, but preachers are, uh, you can get one anywhere. They, they get their own salary, they make their own living, and you can get one to come to your presentation anywhere. The truth is, comedians the same way today. There are all kinds of young comedians out there, and even clean comedians, that you can get to come. But someone who can come and, and deliver life-changing comment, 
uh, uh, content uh, in a way that causes you to, to hurt for two days because you've laughed so hard. That's a rare commodity, and I think that's, that's another reason. And the third reason I would say is this, is that my prayer every time I leave a situation is that personally I have been a blessing to those people, that I have uh, certainly requested certain things that allow me to do my craft the best that I can do it, but that I treated people with dignity and respect. And those people in the audience that I uh, tease or you make part of my program, I want to make sure before the end of the program is over that they're standing and the people are giving them a standing ovation because of their willingness to participate. And they go home with a boatload of our product. And I, I think that uh, having that attention given to not only doing a good show, but really being a caring person with the people who have brought you in. After all, they're the ones who are footing the bill for you to do this again and again and again, and to wake up and talk to Dan Miller, for heaven's sakes, and to to wake up and be able to ha- find the time to to do the things that we were created to do. Uh, leaving them happy um, causes the phone to ring again, and you don't have to go through the whole process again. That's they just say, you've got to come back. We've got a new group of people that need to hear you. And that's, that's what I think has done it, Dan. Well, that and the fact that I am incredibly good-looking. <laughs> They're in a fast runner <laughs> and a great artist. <laughs> well, you know, you, you really shared some important things there. I just want to reiterate a little bit. But, you know, one of the things that when you deliver your content. It's not just content. You're not a guy who just, you know, is whisk onto the stage at your moment of glory. You share your thing and then you're gone. You connect with people. My goodness. One of the reasons that we love hanging around you and Diane, you know, personally at your home or at our house or at these events is because we're just sharing life together. When we talk yep. about the glory of God as man fully alive, this is not some top down kind of thing. So yeah. when we meet with people at events, my goodness, you know, we're, we're going to hug their necks and yeah. eat meals together and hear their stories. It's not just content being prevented, presented from the stage. And I know that, you know, at a launch coming up, of course, you and Diane will be there. Joanne will be with me. Uh, right. Danny DeArmas is going to be there. You know, other team members like Brian and Joy yeah. and golly, Matt and Lauren. I mean, these people all have unique talents that they lend to this process but then we've we've seen people you know one of the people that i met at launch i think it was just last year was ruth sukup remember ruth my goodness she came had an idea went home wrote a book living well spending less i mean just a marvelous book has created a massive online audience because she just did the things that we laid out for them how do you do this? She just went home and did it. Now, there's lots of other examples, but I'm, I'm sitting here in my office. I just happened to be looking at her new book and thought of that. That's where I first met Ruth. We can probably point to almost 100 people who either have done one of a couple of things. Number one, began a career and are moving that toward what their dreams have always been, or people who had careers and found that they took one thing. This is, you know, you keep, I keep moving back to this one question. What do people do to, 
change their dreams to reality. You take action on something. And I think some people get hung up because they come to a conference, whether it's your conference or our conference or some other great conference they go to, and they go home and their minds are filled with so many ideas. And they go, what do I do next? What do I do next? Pick one. Pick one of those elements and do it. We had a young man from Wisconsin uh, who had developed a very successful uh, program on um, marriage, um, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, Mark Gungor. And he went home with the single idea of packaging his materials, the kind of materials you talk about, those ancillary products that can bring secondary income. And he wrote back and said that he, he didn't do just a little bit better. He, he multiplied his income on those materials and the effect they have on people's lives by four times the very first time he went out. And that, that kind of, those kinds of stories like uh, the Ruth and, and some of the other people who have come, they just delight me. I don't do conferences, neither do you. Now, we don't do launch just because we like doing conferences, that we like staying in hotels. We do conferences because of the effect it's had on people's lives. And there's only one thing that really comes to close to accomplishing your own dreams, and that's watching other people accomplish theirs. Wow. That, that's interesting. But we, we want to help people move beyond that for right. sure. Yeah, understand, identify what their dreams are, and then move beyond that. Yeah, as we've been talking, Gal, I, I keep thinking about more and more people. I mean, Sue Detweiler, I met at launch. Absolutely. Gal, she's gone on, written a couple of books. She's now planting a church, um, golly, right. like Kansas or something. She was one of the speakers we just had on our 48 Days Cruise. But just a marvelous story about coming alive in this space and now doing things. Brian Holmes from Dallas. Yeah. Man, he is all over the world. The last time he was here with me in Nashville, I met him at launch, but last time he was here, he's part of my 48 Days Mastermind. When he was here, he stayed over an extra day because he was test flying a plane that he wants to buy. I mean, that gives you some indication of the level of his success that is just exploding. Yeah. Great, great to watch. Now, I want, I want to take us in a little bit different direction here as we start to kind of wrap up a little bit. A.G. Buckman said, and he was a daredevil aviation photographer. He once said, monotony is the awful reward of the careful. Every time I see that, it just, oh, makes me cringe. Monotony is the awful reward of the careful. You know, a lot of people that I encounter are focused on finding that safe, secure job. I mean, those jobs that are perceived as safe and secure, which, of course, we know are not really. That's an illusion. Often just consist of repetitive, routine tasks performed all day long. But then you hear people around you that advise you, don't rock the boat. Don't stand out. You know, just keep your head down. Just keep working toward that vested retirement program you're going to have coming. And yet we know that those who achieve great success and reward in life are not those who blend in, but those who stand out, those who are willing to be fully alive. Now, Ken, you've lived a life of adventure and doing things people said couldn't be done. I want you to take us back to that very critical experience in school when you had a teacher that oh, yeah. spoke into your life that helped you believe this wild, crazy path you're on was possible. Yes, um, I was in English. I, I will never forget this. I was in uh, English class, English literature. We were studying Shakespeare. 
And uh, she had read a line of Shakespeare. Um, in fact, the line is very famous. Uh, he's talking about the spot of blood on his toga. And, and uh, the line is, out, out, damned spot. And trying to be funny, I raised my hand and suggested um, several other very inappropriate and profane adjectives that could have replaced the word that Shakespeare used. <laughs> And she um, made me stay after class. Um, that meant that my parents had to come and get me. And back then, you know, Dan, they didn't bring a lawyer with them. They, they brought weapons of mass destruction. When you <laughs> I remember well. <laughs> and anyway, uh, while I was waiting for my parents to come, she made, my, made me pull my desk right up to hers. Uh, and this was serious business. And I knew I was going to be expelled from school, maybe for good. And um, she corrected papers, and when she finished correcting the papers, she, I can still see her capping that ink pen and laying it down carefully and folding her long, slender fingers together and insisting I look her in the eye. And then she said, Kenneth Alpheus Davis. Never have all of those words been used together, but what some disastrous pronouncement followed. <laughs> And I looked up at her, and she said these words, Son, God has given you a gift. I choke up just yeah. uh, thinking about it today. God has given you a gift. Um, she said, Now, you've been using this gift to destroy my class, and that's going to change. She said, I want you to go out for speech. Humorous interpretation. She made me go out for speech. Dan, I won every contest I ever entered. And, and going back to this marvelous question you had in your interview, I felt a tap on my shoulder. And it wasn't Churchill and it wasn't Buckman. It was the tap of God saying, I gave this to you. Now use it. I, I won everything I ever entered. It was, the, it, was, it was like being shot out of a cannon. I began to take part in the school plays. Uh, I found great delight in making people laugh, and um, I never, I never looked back. I spent a couple of years in the ministry, and then the the phone began to ring. Can you ring? Can you come and speak here? Can you come and speak here? And I've never, I've never looked back. I've, I have had and continue to have a marvelous career where I've been able to live my dream, and I will forever be grateful to Francis W. Peterson for speaking words that, um, that literally reversed uh, a lifetime of bullying and, and um, you know, lack of self-confidence. Uh, God has given you a gift. And I, I, I would, you know, if there was one thing I could say to your listeners, when, when you can identify that gift, don't let it languish. Um, Allow that same God to to help you reach what he put inside of you to its fullest, to live fully alive. And I love that story. Never get tired of hearing. I've heard you tell that, and, and it touches me that you're so moved every time you yep. still remember that. I mean, what a defining moment in your life to have that teacher affirm that gift in you that could be seen as something that was just destructive or, yep. you know, get you... Out, you're trying to be outside the lines of what is expected in school 
and you could have been expelled. And yet she affirmed that, and it started you on this amazing path in your own life. Right. Well, my friend, Ken Davis, thank you so much for spending your time with us to share these principles. I mean, I love just talking about this and hope that it has brought value to our listeners, as I know it has. Certainly some will want to move move ahead, join us in Orlando, April 13th to the 16th. Again, just go to launchconference.tv and then use 48 days as a code so you get an immediate discount there. We'll want to meet you personally there, spend time with you and help you unleash your own creativity in the way that Ken and I have been blessed and privileged to do all these years. So Ken, have a wonderful day. Again, thanks for spending your time with us on this 48 Days podcast. Thank you. It has been a blessing. Live, my friend. All right. Will do. All right, guys, there you go. That We're going to wrap it up with that. You've heard the details there. Hope that that's brought you some encouragement and what you're doing to release your own creativity. Put legs on it. It can be done. You're listening to a couple guys who have done it and had a whole lot of fun along the way. Stuck in the J-O-B Can someone set me free? I've had enough of this This life is meaningless These hours don't pay Clock is ticking, so don't delay.